attention, all civilians. You're listening to TalkZone.com. Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Are you at risk for a heart attack? We'll talk to a top heart doc who says most don't even know the number one symptom that can tell you a coronary is right around the corner. It's probably the most overlooked symptom of heart disease. Number one, based on the fact it's the most frequent. And number two, a patient will look in the mirror and say, it can't happen to me. Then, it's shocking to realize that the high school graduation rate in cities is almost 20% less than in the suburbs. We'll have that story for you. The graduation rate is only about 53% in big cities. There's such stark disparities between our largest urban districts and even neighboring suburban areas that that, I think, really takes people aback. Those two interviews are heading your way on this week's InfoTrack. Don't go away. Our show comes your way right after this. show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The numbers are sobering. More than one million Americans have heart attacks every year. Can you avoid one? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has tracked down one of the nation's top experts to find out. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Dr. Curtis Rimmerman is a cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio, a facility that's been called the number one hospital for heart care for 14 years in a row by U.S. News and World Report. What do you think the biggest misperception about heart attacks is today? That women don't get heart attacks as often as men. Heart attacks are gender neutral. In fact, women catch up to men in terms of heart attack rates as they get older. And the misperception out there is that breast cancer supersedes heart attacks in frequency. And in fact, that's not correct. Heart attacks are a big player and heart disease are a big player in women. Let's talk about prevention for a few minutes. We hear about diet and exercise all the time. Can making some simple changes like that really make a difference in preventing a heart attack? Really, the daily efforts that we focus on are extremely important over months to years. Getting your diet and exercise program in line is extremely appropriate and worth your time and effort. And to do so, it must be attainable, meaning small steps will have large dividends over time. I think cholesterol has gotten most of the attention, and maybe high blood pressure is number two on that list, but there's been quite a bit of research in progress that's finding some other factors that may be at least as important, right? Absolutely. And let's not forget about smoking as a potential contributor as well, because that's clearly identified as a exacerbator and cause of heart disease. But there are other factors. And in fact, research has elucidated that inflammation within the arteries is actually a big player in terms of forming cholesterol plaques and forming blood clots on top of those plaques. And there are blood tests available, specifically a test called ultra-sensitive C-reactive protein which is a specialized blood test available at most medical centers that can be a very useful marker for assessing the level of arterial inflammation. Now, is that test something that your average cardiologist or doctor will routinely check on, or is that something a patient should ask for? Both. I think more and more doctors are checking this along with cholesterol levels, but also the proactive patient who's well-read and self-educated, there's nothing wrong with them bringing that up to their healthcare professional. Let's talk about high blood pressure for a moment. Is it primarily medication that people should take if their blood pressure is high, or what would you suggest? 
depends how high it is. For instance, if a patient walks in my office and their blood pressure is 190 over 120, it's very clear that medication is indicated. However, if a patient comes in my office, they're 40 pounds above their ideal weight, they're sedentary, and their blood pressure is, say, 140 over 95, and the patient seems to be motivated with a high likelihood of success in terms of losing weight and instituting an exercise program, it might make sense to give that patient an opportunity for two or three months to institute those changes and recheck blood pressure before you commit them to medication. Do you think it's smart for people to get these home blood pressure testing kits and watch their own blood pressure from time to time? It's very smart, with a couple provisos. While I don't necessarily endorse a specific manufacturer, it's important to do your research and to look for a home blood pressure kit that is highly rated. Once you purchase that kit, keep the receipt, and then take it to your local doctor to make sure it's accurate with the machine that is available in your doctor's office. If it doesn't prove to be accurate, return the cuff and look for an alternative manufacturer. If it is accurate, periodically check your blood pressure. For instance, if you have high blood pressure and are under treatment, checking it in the morning and evening is not too often. If you're a patient who has normal blood pressure, maybe checking it just a few times a week as a surveillance would be an appropriate method. Let's talk about cholesterol, which of course is another one of those big risk factors for heart attacks. If someone has high cholesterol and they don't have health insurance coverage, cholesterol medications are oftentimes pretty expensive. So what can you suggest there? Well, while I don't want to endorse a specific brand of medication, there is a class of medications called statins. And in this class are medicines such as Mevacor, Zocor, Lipitor, Crestor. And several of these medications have now gone generic. So they're, in fact, very cheap and they're very effective. I could be wrong, but depending on the generic medication, it might be $4 per prescription, for instance. Wow. I'm not certain about the price and what the price may be locally for your listeners, but it's very important just to not assume that because you don't have health insurance, that you can't afford appropriate medication because these medicines are becoming generic and they're much more affordable. What are your thoughts about some of the nutritional or supplement approaches to heart health? Fish oil, for example, has gotten a lot of attention lately. Well, I think that's appropriate, actually. And if you have a balanced diet with plenty of what they call oily fish, such as salmon, that is a good thing. However, if you don't think you're ingesting enough of that or you don't particularly like seafood, where you're going to get some of that in your diet, considering taking fish oil supplementation is not a bad idea. I can't recommend that wholeheartedly for everyone, but that would be something you'd want to discuss with your individual physician. Any other supplemental type things that you recommend for the average person who may be at risk of a heart attack? Well, obviously aspirin, but that actually, if you think about it, is a true medication and not a supplement. Beyond that, there's really nothing that has clearly been studied and therefore endorsed by the FDA in terms of preventing heart attacks that I'm aware of. And the concern I'd ask your listeners to think about would be many of these supplements haven't gone through the rigorous drug approval process. So I would issue some caution there, although I don't want to dismiss the idea of supplements altogether. Any advice as far as when someone should be starting to get frequent checkups or at least regular checkups to check on their heart health? Is it age 40, 50? Well, what I would do is I'd take a step back and take an inventory of your risk factors. For instance, is there a pervasive premature coronary artery blockage and heart attack in your family? Do you have high cholesterol? Are you clearly out of shape? You haven't exercised in a long time. You're overweight and you want to start an exercise program. Do you have diabetes? Have you been a long-term smoker? If any of these red flags emerge, 
And I would say starting in perhaps around age 40 or so, a checkup would be appropriate. Presuming that you've had checkups previously and you want to start an exercise program but don't have many red flags, that's probably safe to do on your own, particularly, again, if your risk factor inventory is pretty low. Would you say that any chest pain is a red flag, or is there a certain amount of occasional small pains that people have that you wouldn't be concerned about? I think we all have aches and pains on occasion. The fleeting pain that lasts for a second or might be equated to a lightning bolt is not something that is typically reflective of the heart. However, if you start experiencing discomfort in the chest, and notice I use the word discomfort, not pain, because oftentimes cardiac distress is manifest as pressure, tightness, or squeezing, and not necessarily a sharp pain. If any of this is new for you, particularly occurring with activity, going away at rest, is lasting for a period of seconds up to a minute, is maybe associated with some shortness of breath or sweating, this is not normal. Don't blame it on indigestion and assume it's your heart until proven otherwise. Is there one thing that you think is probably the most ignored heart attack symptom out there? Wow, I would have to say chest discomfort. While that's the most typical symptom of heart disease, it's probably the most overlooked by number one, based on the fact it's the most frequent. And number two, a patient will look in the mirror and say, it can't happen to me. And number three, oftentimes patients will try to explain it away on the basis of another cause, specifically their esophagus or gastrointestinal reflux disease. If you were going to give people just one change that they could make in their lifestyle to avoid a heart attack, we've talked about several here, what would that be? If I could wave my magic wand, it would be stop smoking, because I think I would affect more people and it would have the largest impact. Dr. Curtis Rimmerman, cardiologist from the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. Is there a website where people can get more information? Clevelandclinic.org, and then you can search for the Heart Center. And you also are the author of a book called The Cleveland Clinic Guide to Heart Attacks. Thank you for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, you'll be shocked to hear the startling gap in graduation rates from city to suburb. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.